Hello and welcome to Bee Story, Series 2 of the Unaware Podcast by Bee Physiology. As we get to sit down with some of our favorite people, clients and role models, people that have really opened up our awareness by sharing their stories, their journeys. We are two EPs who work with people living with a disability every day, helping them to achieve happier and healthier lives. We are coming at this as professionals, but also as friends, trying to get a better understanding of the people that we work with. So sit back and enjoy this episode of B Stories, where we get to chat to Krista, a near-Swiss Olympian, about her story of misdiagnosis and defying the odds. Krista, thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, we are delighted that you come in because I know that your story is quite amazing. So, but first of all, first question that we start off with everybody is, what would be the name of your autobiography? My name would be Throw Out the Rule Book, Live Your Life. Beautiful. Right, I like that one. This sounds Beautiful. positive. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. great. Okay, and we'll definitely move into the questions and I'm sure people will, will realise why that is the name. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we'll also let everyone know that Krista has a couple beautiful guide dogs uh, with her at the moment, Simba and RJ. Simba being a... Labradoodle. Labradoodle. Six-month-old Labradoodle. Six-month-old. So yeah. he's the new, he's learning, he's yes. in training at the moment. He is. And we have RJ, the old, uh, old guard. He is 10 years old. 10 years old, yes. yes. And this is kind of a changing of the guard in a way. Yes, yes. Because RJ is becoming just a good-time dog, relaxing at house. Not, Maybe uh, in 18 months' time 18 when Simba's ready. Okay. Yes. Beautiful. So... Will RJ just take on that role as in like he'll just let go of the role and then just become a good time dog? That um, I hope so because it's the fourth time we're raising a puppy around the existing dog. So um, we hope so. I don't know. But he really proved himself to be a fantastic teacher so far. So mm. um, Good track record. Yeah. That's awesome. So give us a little background about yourself, Krista. Start wherever you like, wherever you think is the most uh, poignant for you. But uh, yeah. It would, it would bug me if I was listening and you didn't uh, explicitly say uh, what your accent or where your accent My derives. accent? <laughs> I don't have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> so you think. Okay. Originally, I'm from Switzerland. Mm -hmm. We moved here 36 years ago. So my childhood, everything happened in Switzerland. I grew up with three brothers, two older ones, one younger one, uh, in a very, very active family. Mm. And my parents always said they had three girls and one boy. So I was definitely the boy. <laughs> and I, I was climbing trees. I was running around. I just was unstoppable. Mm. That was just me. Three girls, yep. one boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and my mom, all she ever wanted was a girl. Hmm. And I did turn out to be the boy she had. <laughs> okay, lovely. So, growing up uh, over there, what what kind of fundamental differences did you find growing up over there as to what you see kids uh, 
uh, growing up here? Well, it's probably um, it was a different time back then as well. Mm. But particularly in Switzerland, we had very very cold winters. So I went to school on my skis. So I was I was going mm-hmm. down on my skis to the school, and then we walked back. Skis on our shoulders back home. So that was what we did daily. That sounds awesome. That sounds yeah, like yeah, that sounds, sounds great. Like, that sounds yeah. like the lie I used to tell people when I was yes. overseas and be yes. like, "Oh yeah, we yeah. ride kangaroos Ab- to school." Yeah, so. absolutely <laughs> true. Absolutely wow. true. That's yes. amazing. It, it it was it was lots of fun. It was really exciting. Yeah. 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 So, big time skier when you were a big young time skier. kid started young, obviously. Yep. I can't even remember the day I learned to ski. So my two older brothers, they skied, I skied. And Mm. I still remember my younger brother learning to ski. But myself, I have no recollection when when I started um, skiing. So I just – it's something I always did. Yeah, Yeah, right. So that athletic aspect kind of led into your – you know, the following years, you – Really going for the athlete uh, cat- category or no, pathway? No, or not at all. No? Not at all. No, my <laughs> mom, my me, yeah. mom <laughs> had totally different intentions. Okay. Being the only girl and having three sons, she put me at the age of seven into classical ballet, which was a total disaster. Of course. I mean, in, in the five years from age seven to 12, I had to do classical ballet. I was the only student from the ballet school who never had any public performances. That should have taught my <laughs> mom enough because all I ever wanted was to show people how high and how far I could jump. I, I, it, it, it was actually embarrassing. So, And my mom thought ballet would teach me grace mm. and, and, and become a lady. It didn't turn out. So I can see. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. So I still don't look graceful. Yeah. That, 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 that's all right. That's okay. That's okay. No, and then when Poor I was mom. 12 years old, um, I think I was old enough to voice that that, that was definitely not for me, classical ballet. It, mm. it, just, it, it was just holding me back and then I went into track and field and then suddenly I was the fastest, I was the mm. best long jumper, I was the best high jumper and I just found my way through athletics. So mm. from the age of 12, for many, many years, I trained at least six six nights um a oh, week wow. at least yes and that that was that was my thing athletics yes and what was the extent of that how far did you go i made it as far as i would have made it the, i qualified for the olympic games in montreal 1976 in high jump Whoa. and Whoa. but i had to make a decision back then there was no incentive there was no financial incentive nothing mm. all i would have got w- would have been to travel with the swiss national team mm-hmm. uh, and an airplane track suits high jump shoes we didn't have sponsors back then mm. but the university i went to um they they actually they made it quite clear either you start when everyone starts. There will be no delay uh, accepted 
or you just wait another year. So, right. and I decided that it wasn't worthwhile. And back then, we were all competing against the East German girls, which were all on 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 drugs and hormones. So oh. we were literally keep um, um, competing against men. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. They, yeah, they yeah. had facial hair. They had. Male voices. So, and and sure enough, the girl who actually won in 1976, she was an East German girl, and she won. So we we had no chance of. So yeah, the decision was basically like, I can go there, but it's more for the experience and the trip. You're not really going for gold. Yes, yes. Sorry, did they ever get uh, done for using like? They they didn't have the tasting back then, so Mm. that wasn't like. um, Did you ever think about juicing yourself? Big pardon? Did you ever think about using steroids yourself then? It wasn't even available for us. Oh. It was really what? just now the East Germans, they, they, it was their lifestyle. They, they looked after their families. They looked mm. after the athletes yeah. who took the drugs. So, no, the, the, definitely the, Europe, the, the other European country athletes, we didn't even have those drugs available. It was predominantly the East Germans and the Russians back then. So you stayed at uni, sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. You stayed at uni, did you? I started uni, yeah. Mm. So I had to make a decision before I started uni. Oh, okay. So I started uni. And what I did was a brand new program back then and really unheard of. And it was actually exercise physiology. Oh, I get so, out. Yeah, you exercise go. physiology. Yeah. So yes. what, what year was that? Very... That, oh, that was in 1976. 76? Yes, yes. That was in 1976, yes. And that's based on what you were like, obviously, into athletics. You had a passion for exercise anyway, and it was just sort of like a natural progression. of Yes, and and it it was exciting. It was a combination of science and of sports. and, And I never wanted to become a physiotherapist because even in Europe now, a physiotherapist has a different function. They mainly work in hospitals. They don't mm. have private practices. Okay. So they, they only do rehabilitation for, for people in hospitals mainly. Right. Okay. So that, that, that didn't really interest me at all. So, yeah, okay. yeah, so I wanted my own clientele and I wanted to travel, see the world and, and learn new things. Yes. Right. So give us a little rundown of... I guess is a little while ago now, but what are some things that you've remembered, I guess, from back then in your times at university studying exercise physiology? Okay, what I remembered was, mm. and and without making much comparison to what would be available now, mm. I remember the university I went to was the first university where it was compulsory to live on campus. That was unheard of mm. back then. Unheard wow, of. Okay. But it was so intense, the whole program, that they insisted that all the students had to live on campus. So we had lectures. It was full-time. So we didn't have, like, come and go. It was full-time. And we even had lectures uh, up until uh, 10 o'clock at night. Yes. Wow. Yes. How long was the degree? Four years. Four yeah. years? Yeah. Four and it was years. that intense? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was... 
unheard of that that yeah, you would right. have had like part time come and go. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was just so it wasn't the uh, carefree uni lifestyle that uh, a lot of us have been today. able to live. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. and 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 you had to be alert because we weren't. We could take notes. So what we did and the university I went to was in the French and German speaking parts. So I had to learn to take shorthands in French and in German so to take notes because there were no tape recorders available. There were no computers. Mm. Nobody even heard of a computer. So mm. that's how we took our notes in shorthand. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always forget that. Like when, when you were talking about studying and it yeah. actually never crossed my mind that that would yeah. be the way that you would take notes. Mm. And I just I still yeah. pictured yeah. somebody in front of a yeah. screen. And we couldn't yeah. Google we couldn't Google yeah. things and Yeah, exactly. And yeah. or the act the only access to knowledge we had was going through the library, the university mm. library. That was all we ever had. So yeah. Wow. I know you said you did want to make the comparison between exercise physiology now and then back then, but um, it being the first sort of year or it's obviously yeah, newly yeah, introduced yeah, to that yeah. stage, do you remember how significant some of the research was in terms of the what oh, they were? Look, if, if, if I make a comparison to how it was then to what it is now, it was very, very basic. Mm. The word cancer, we didn't even... Mm. mentioned that word cancer. Mm. I mean, we heard of the word cancer. Obesity was non-existent. Right. Existent. Yeah. There was no obesity. We never had clients who were obese. Mm. It was non-existent. Were people, and this is this will sound like a joke, but I actually mean this, were people still smoking as if it wasn't bad for you at this stage? Oh, no, everyone was smoking. Right. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they, they good, didn't good. even know it was bad for them. Everyone God, that was smoking. Cool. Oh, God. I mean, everyone. I never smoked, but yeah. smoking, it wasn't everyone. a hazard. No, it, it wasn't a health issue at all. Yeah, okay. No, there was nothing. And... Um, uh, Yes, the, the only thing I, I know, and which is still the same, the fat measurements when you take the, 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 the calibers, yeah. it's still the same. And I thought, oh, yeah, these wow. days they would have improved, so that's still the same. But yeah. you couldn't back then, you could, you could hardly pinch a person with <laughs> yeah. the fat. So is that a has... geographic thing, you think? Is, uh, no, 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 look, no, 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 that has changed worldwide. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah, no, okay, no, yeah. no, that, that was Everyone's just... getting a little bit too comfortable. I yes, think. no, no, no. A little bit too comfortable yeah. in their own, you know, situation yeah. and environment. Yeah. And, and, and uh, we definitely didn't have any education in diabetes. Mm. There was only type 1 diabetes. That's what we right. learned. Oh, right, of course, yeah. yeah. But no, no, no lifestyle type 2 diabetes, nothing so like So what this. was the focal point of exercise physiology? Was it still healthy populations for the most part? Or? Yeah, very healthy population. It was more prevention, prevention of, oh, okay. of injuries mm. pre- and, and, and just get you, make you fit. Yeah, that, right. That's really healthy yeah, okay. and fit, more prevention than anything else. Vastly yeah. different from what we do now. Because yeah. we would say, like as a description, if somebody asked what we do, we would say specifically that we – don't tend to work with healthy populations and we're more, we're more in yeah. line with the clinical side of things. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so that's the shift that's been made. So for those listening, yeah. uh, Krista has entered our beautiful um, podcast studio today using a power chair. I just want to start on how you 
and I know it's a long story too, but where does it start? How does uh, you using this chair now, where does that begin? Okay. My story probably started at the age of eight or nine. Mm. I was a... Um, I was riding a horse. I had a horse riding accident, had mm. a bad fall. Uh, I was unconscious. They took me to hospital and it was very, very serious. They knew... Uh, they, they thought it might be spinal injury. Um, they didn't have the same knowledge than what they would have now. So back then, what they did to get really clear X-ray pictures, they injected a solution to get much better pictures. Mm. And in my case, unfortunately, instead of using what would have been available, um, they used a radioactive solution. Unbeknown to anyone, nobody knew that this happened. And that caused all sorts of problems. I eventually woke up out of the coma about uh, a day or two later. Mm. And ever since then, I can remember, um, the first thing I noticed was my vision was gone. I've never had the same vision again. I I couldn't see people's faces. I, um, I saw... Ten faces, everything mm. was distor- distorted. Sometimes the light felt like there was a dimmer set in the room. Mm. And, and, and suddenly I just couldn't see print properly anymore. Everything was, was wobbly or, or just I just couldn't see it. But this was a complete accident. So they basically like, well, they've like grabbed the wrong jar and, and, and yes, used the wrong... Yes, yes. So that, and then that... That story will continue on when with my diagnosis, but back then, no, nobody put my vision loss and vision impairment together with what they did then. Nobody had an idea. Nothing. Mm. It's they said, "Oh, it, it will get better," and it it came and it went, and that was mm. the funny thing. It wasn't like constant but it got worse and worse and worse over years so what I did and that's all I remember from uh, as far as I can remember I was very very lucky to have a photographic memory because suddenly Mm. I was eight years old and and in Switzerland back then we started school at the age of seven so I was just starting to read Right. So, um, so I probably would have been one year into learning how to read, mm. and and of course I just couldn't look at at the print anymore, and and quite often I could look, I could see a clear print, looking at the book for a few seconds, and I just took a snapshot, and I taught myself, but it was a skill my dad had, mm. I developed. Both my sons have it. I developed a photographic memory. Oh, so I never, God. ever, ever had to to go page through page. Right. I just went from page, took like a snapshot, and then I, in my mind I could read. Wow. Get out. Yeah, yeah there yeah, you yeah. go. That, and this that, is, this is, how, I, this is yeah. how I actually disclosed the whole – actually I, I covered up my, my whole disability. Yeah, right. Course, and I thought yeah. everyone does it. That's <laughs> yeah, what I yeah. thought. So well, your vision, sorry, just to clarify again as well. So it's sort of like you, 
you would have like an impairment and then what it would fade away and then it would come back yeah, but it yeah, would be and worse. That, that could be within 30 seconds. Mm. I saw something clearly for 10 seconds mm. and then it just, it was blurry. Couldn't see a thing. Mm. And then it was just, just grey. It was never black. My vision has never been black. Mm. It's just grey. I can see light, really bright light. Mm-hmm. I can see colours. Mm-hmm. But print or, or depth, Perception, I don't have at all. Mm. But but back then, yes, I had a, always moments and I always took this. And I, I put myself through university like this with photographic memory. And I could, right. st- I, could still, I could still tell you books, what page it was on, what paragraph. It's still in, 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 in my brain. That's just like to in me, sign, it yeah. seems like yeah. the best living superpower that you can yeah, have yeah. i feel my dad, i didn't know it was genetic yeah my, my dad wow. had the most brilliant photographic memory mm. and none of my brothers had it and both my sons have it not wow. as good as 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 i do yep. but they both have it yeah and they both put themselves through university with the same yeah same ability kind of yeah. and you trained that ability you said i don't you. think so i don't think so I, I was forced to probably enhance it yeah i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, the more of you, that, you're relying on that a little bit yeah, more. And that's how I put myself through. And, and mm. I think looking back, um, being a high jumper, and mm. I was on an elite level, mm. I was so fortunate enough I never had that mental barrier where I, I, I knew, oh, God, I couldn't even see the bar. Yeah, so I was always focused, focusing on the run-up. I was counting my run-up. I couldn't even put markers down for the run-up. So I was so naive, I just jumped. So I, I had no idea how high the high jump bar was. That's so, great. Yeah, that's cool. I think Which, that's just like psychologically, yeah. I think. A lot of a lot of, of my friends in the same athletic club, mm. they had this mental barrier. They looked at it as soon as they put the bar up. Mm. It looked too high. I can't jump over that. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I never had this. So that was a big Every time you just jumping as high as you can. Yeah. 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 Was that honestly the approach? Every time jump as high as you can? Or yeah. would you like... Yeah. No, I just I just jumped. So mm. the, the, the height was never a mental barrier for me. Mm. Wow. Growing up with that visual impairment, did you find anything else was just extremely tricky for you? Something that people wouldn't really you know, think of? Is there anything that you were like, ah, oh, it's just annoying? No, it wasn't tricky. It, it was challenging. Right. Because the same, I had, I had a massive problem with numbers. I was mm. a mathematical genius. Mm. But even now, I can't see numbers. I see colours. Mm-hmm. So every time when I voice to my teacher, well, a one is black and two is blue and three is yellow. Mm. And so I, I, I can do algebra and all mathematical quotes mm. all in numbers. Yeah, wow. And yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. everything in numbers. Yeah. And, they, and, and I remember the primary school teachers and the high school teachers they all thought I was a big cuckoo because <laughs> unfortunately I voiced what, what I saw right yeah and okay. they didn't like this but there was a, a color yeah uh, yeah is and it has a name there? yeah um, it has a name it's not very common mm. but but with telephone numbers always remember telephone numbers yep 
color, 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 color. I've heard about that with music. And uh, do you oh. get it with music? Is that a thing or is that a separate thing? I've heard, uh, um, I've watched something where they talk about um, like a color association with sound and yeah, music. Probably, and they hear a song probably, and that song is orange. Probably. Or, oh. And it was, yeah, yeah it's really that's cool. That's why yeah. I, 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 I can see colors. Colors talk to me. But mm. but if, if, if you tell me your, your phone number, I see it in colors and I just. I quickly translate, yeah, one, if it's 0418, mm. I just quickly see the number, so I quickly translate it into into oh. a number. Is that still a skill you use today a lot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if I give you a number right now, you could tell me the colour in which you – so if I said 3847, 3847, eight, okay. Three is yellow, eight is purple. But it's three, eight, four, four, seven. four is red, and seven is light green. <laughs> light green. There you go. <laughs> right. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm trying to get my head around that even. Yeah. And and that didn't really uh, that wasn't beneficial for me at school because teachers couldn't understand. I was weird enough already, so they couldn't really <laughs> understand. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's so, so far, I could just like you have light green seconds to get into the classroom. <laughs> yeah. but, but really, I put myself through all uh-huh. grades in school. I put myself through university. And I'm not bragging here, but I never studied because I thought mm. that's what everyone does. So in the morning, I just quickly went through all the books because mm. we, we didn't have computers then. Mm. And I just went into the exam room and internally I just page by page just scrolled, flicked mm. the page and I knew the answer. And I thought everyone had, had the same skills. So at this stage <laughs> though, your vision is obviously still like well enough that you are able to like have those moments of like, if you want oh, to. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was driving a car, mind right. you. I was still driving yeah, a car, wow, which yeah. probably I shouldn't sure. say. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mr. McGoo. So, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, just yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. My vision was, to, yeah. yeah, that was in no, Switzerland. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they're still looking for me over there. So it's, <laughs> that's fine. So, the progression of the visual impairment, very interesting. How about the motor impairment? Okay. At the same time, I always had like funny tingling feelings, but then I did extreme training. Mm. I was very young, age 12. So I really, I did a lot of training and they said, oh, it's probably all related to abuse. Um, that was fine. Then we came here in 1985, and 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 we started new again, and mm-hmm. and then suddenly in 1997, my body started collapsing, uh, and there was a reason, and I come to this reason um, soon. Um, my body just. I, I, I couldn't I, – I used to be a 10K runner, daily 10K runner. Suddenly my left leg was just lagging behind mm. and I could barely run the 10K. So I was exhausted. My vision started getting worse and and then my breathing, I suddenly couldn't breathe anymore. Um, I felt like I couldn't use my diaphragm anymore. Then I had to use my intercostal muscles to breathe. And then I started going to see neurologists. And they said, oh, 
it's stress. It's as a woman, you shouldn't really be working this hard. It's stress related, mm-hmm. and it got worse and worse and worse. And we're talking short months. And wow. then we went back to Switzerland, and we went. I saw two of the leading neurologists, and they said, "Look, I think all the symptoms you have." They're a clear indication you might have MS. At that time, I was 41, female. Mm. I just fit that category. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So they said, look, it will cost you a fortune to have MRIs done here. Mm. So just go back and get MRIs done. And and so I did. Mm. They did a brain MRI and it looked shocking. They they saw hundreds and hundreds of dots in my MRI. And then and that's on your brain. Yes. yes. And then, and then they um, they said it doesn't look like lesions, like MS, but uh, let let's just call it MS. So, um, but then it what? got worse and worse. And then other neurolo- neurologist said, I don't think it is. So mm. then my youngest son started uh, his degree at Stanford University in California. Mm. So mm. he just started the first year and he said, Mom, I was able to get a, um, an appointment for you with one of the best doctors in the world, neurologist. So I went over there and then he did, he actually, and I paid for it out of my pocket, Mm. all three sections of my spinal cord and the brain MRI. And he said, oh, my God, Mm. you have tumours everywhere. Your spinal cord, your brain, it's just covered with tumours. So he said, Go back and and sort this out. So I came back and then I saw a neurosurgeon. He said, oh, we have to operate straight away. That is bad. So Mm. there were three massive tumours on my spinal cord. So in September 1997, Mm. they opened up. They removed the three tumours. It was an eight-hour operation. Mm. They said, look, we probably will damage some of the spinal cord, but but we have to take it out it and we to have happen. to find out is it cancerous mm. uh, or is it are there benign tumours. So that's what they did. Within two days I was back because I deteriorated, I wouldn't wake up and then they finally had the biopsy result and, and nobody could understand what it was. And the tumours they removed was actually crystallised cerebral spinal fluid. So it wasn't a cancerous cell. It was something it wasn't completely cancerous different. Cells. So what happened? Then, then, um, then that neurologist, he's retired now, he did some research and he found there were five, only five known medically reported cases in the entire world and all only from Europe mm. who had the same injection what I had mm. by mistake oh, yeah. and the four everyone was dead. So <laughs> Do you know how quickly uh, or Oh how? very very shortly. They they oh, shortly God. after they had the injection they right. died. So mine was already years, decades yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um and then he said, look, it is such a mess. I removed three massive tumours, mm. but it is such a mess. Nobody will touch your brain. I have hundreds, hundreds. Mm. So what, what, that, what that solution still does, it crystallises 
the cerebral spinal fluid. Mm. So it, it renews itself all the time. But it's poisonous, so it crystallizes. And when when it crystallizes, it forms like snowflakes. And the snowflakes, they always find Stick other snowflakes, others, yeah. so they, they actually create tumors. Wow. And the cerebral spinal fluid baths your entire brain. Yep. It baths your spinal cord, yep. everything. Mm. So daily, it just generates There's more and more, more tumors. Yeah, right. So... What he then said is, look, um, technically, I don't know why you're here. You should be dead. So mm. I probably would say two, three months maximum. Mm. I couldn't accept it. So then we went back to... Wait, so at this stage, you're 41 years old yeah. or you're in your 40s. Yeah. You've obviously lived to your 40s. Yeah. You've gone and had this yeah, yeah, consultation yeah, 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 with yeah. the neurosurgeon in yeah, California. Yeah. Oh, You've gone but there was another thing he found when because when, when they took specimen from the cerebral spinal fluid, mm. they actually noticed that I had Guillain-Barre syndrome a oh, few okay. months earlier and was still it was still present a little bit and he right. said that might have just triggered the whole thing. Oh. That might that might have actually just be the push. So that's okay. where they, yeah. the where I was going is how did they get two to three months after living for forty okay. years? What was it about? I have two no to three idea. Be, because firstly, I deteriorated. So they definitely, he definitely did damage to the spinal cord. That's for sure. Because mm. I mean, I had to sign the document. They were attached to the spinal cord. Mm. So we we knew we knew uh, that that it could cause damage, but. Suddenly, I had a diagnosis, and the diagnosis was deadly. And I thought, this is just ridiculous. So we travelled, and I, I was still recovering from, from that major surgery. We travelled back to Stanford University, back to the same doctor, and mm. he said, oh, my God, no, I'm so sorry. There's really nothing we can do. So uh, best go home, get your affair in order, and... Um, Maybe six months. So uh, he gave me four months more. Yeah, right. Then we sent because um, then we sent everything to Switzerland to the mm. to the, right. the two specialists. Second opinion type. Same. There was the third opinion. Oh, Same third said. Opinion, yeah. Oh no, no, mm. no. With this cerebral spinal fluid, it's deadly. It's, you yeah. can't. Okay, so. Everything went into action. Then my GP, my neurosurgeon, mm. my neurologist, mm-hmm. they all organised a palliative care doctor because they gave me between two and six months. And I still remember he came and saw me three times a week, the palliative care doctor. And so he prepared me to die. Mm. So we, we got the will, everything in order. He prepared me to die. And I still remember... He, he mentioned there are five steps of dying and I never comprehended step one. I just, it never really entered my mind. So palliative care should never go more than uh, three months. Yeah. Mine went for 13 months and then I called <laughs> the quits because I never, I never graduated from stage one. Right, yeah. So, you didn't call it quits from life. No. You called no. it quits from the yeah. palliative care. Yeah. Amazing. What was stage really? one? Like, what did they say that stage one was? was that like, I don't even know. It's it's like, it's it's like 
you, you get angry or whatever. Oh, I don't know. It's anger and the then acceptance of, uh, and then yes, so yeah, that yeah. the five stages. Right. Now yeah. the oh, end, I think you're ready to yeah. die. And I, I just never felt step one. I just yeah. – and. And I felt for that doctor because I'm sure he changed his profession after me. Because <laughs> I had him for 13 him months and I just couldn't die. <laughs> so, yeah. Poor so, guy, hey? And oh, then, yeah, and then after too, huh? this, just to keep it very short, after this, I had a few more MRIs. Every single one was worse than the ones I had 12 mm. months ago. Mm. So I decided enough is enough. Yeah. I went to see a neuro-ophthalmologist and, and, and he could clearly see because my, my blindness is not eye blindness. I have brain blindness. Mm. So I have numerous tumours on my occipital lobe. And that that what makes my makes me blind. Yes. Right. So my right. eyes are held. And that you you did say sorry just to go back as well that your eyes the the effect on your eyes that was immediately after yes. the initial yeah, injection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they injected it and and they checked it into the spinal canal and that would have just been gone, gone right into and probably the first tumors would have been created. Within days right, of so the injection, yeah, do they think that yeah. essentially, like it crystallized immediately? Yeah, yeah. The so, oh, it, it's yeah. it was radioactive solution yeah, they put God. in. It just killed it straight away. God. Straight wow. away, yeah. And one in five, did you say? Like, are you like one number yeah, six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were only five. Look, mm. maybe back then. You couldn't really do 1997 Google search wasn't that big, mm. but it was never repeated. So that was it, it. Might have been a bad batch. Nobody knows. But mm. it's only people in Europe. Yeah. Okay. Didn't have. Didn't happen anywhere else. Tell us about the progression of you uh, now using the chair. How, when did it start affecting your legs? Okay. When did you notice straight, that? Straight after after surgery. I just. I just. I knew. The, Damage was done to the spinal cord yes. straight away. I knew that. Yes. Uh, because. The, the, that was the, after the, the three tumours were cut out. Yes, yes. But I had two two surgeries within two or three days. Right. So they had to go in twice. Mm. And and that definitely did the major damage to, to my legs. Mm-hmm. And and um, so I, I, just, I just couldn't walk. And I was very weak, and and then it progressed very, very quickly, enormously fast. Yeah, yeah okay. Very, very quickly. And this is at this point, it's purely motor in the sensation. So you're losing strength, but are you losing sensation? Sensation, as well? everything. Okay. And and I was still able to walk. And I remember we went down to the Gold Coast, walking on sand, and coming back late afternoon, mm. um, I realised I have open. Uh, foot, uh, my soul was just blisters, just open. So I was oh. walking on hot sand, not realizing yeah, that right. it was hot. So yeah. that was one of the first signs. That was one of the yeah. things. And that then, and then it suddenly just really went right. went downhill. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. slippery slope from yeah. there. So okay. this is this is really what happened, and mm. and uh, yeah. So it's amazing. But everything because I didn't fit into a. Category. category. Yeah. So um, I never went to the PA. Nobody ever taught me because it affected my bladder, my bowels. Mm-hmm. I'm all self-taught. I mm. never, ever had any assistance mm. in this. Mm. So, And then later on, years later, 
thanks to Spine Life, they mm. introduced me to special nurse and special people, mm-hmm. and it it looks like I did a great job all yeah, by myself. Okay. I taught yeah. myself how to yeah. transfer, mm. how to. And you are good at transferring. I can. Yeah. I can. Uh, you have to imagine. That. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like obviously, you. It's can all self-taught it. because, yeah. and luckily, probably it is because. Well, I was going to, I mean, you, you could speak for this, but I think that having come from a sporting background in an individual sport, athletics, like where it's all on you, like surely that has to play a role in your ability to to train yourself to do all of those things yeah. where you would at no point in your life were you relying on anybody else. You were yeah. sort of always no. that an no. independent no. individual yeah. athlete. Because yeah. I just didn't fit in. There was no category mm. for me to fit in. So Talk about carving your own path, like from a young kid yeah. to now, incredible. In terms of people that you came across along the way, are there any other kind of... Because obviously we're exercise physiologists and we do particular things together um, and mainly all around uh, exercise and movement. But is there any other health professionals that you've come across along the way um, that, you know, um, good experiences, bad experiences, anything like that? Yeah, Beside medical doctors, mm. which I don't see anymore, yes, <laughs> I've probably used dozens of physiotherapists. Some mm. were very good, some were okay. Mm. The problem I always had with physiotherapists is they treat a diagnosis, they treat the condition, yep. and I never liked this mm. because I... The diagnosis I have means nothing to me. Mm. It's it's that's my problem. So I wanted to I wanted them to be more show more initiative and 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 and, and start working with my body. But they they all just treated my condition and, and, and my diagnosis. Yes, right. Yeah. And that yeah, that's okay. what I never liked with physiotherapy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's interesting. You know, the more I'm, you know, the more I do this job, the more I realize it's just movement. It's all about movement, patterns of movement for us anyway. As professionals, it's how's this person moving and how can we get them to move in a way that they want to move? And if you go nice and simple like that, instead of going into the diagnosis of everything or like you have to put a label on every little thing, it's what this person can and can't do and then let's try and make it it's happen. interesting you say this i mm. just unfortunately i couldn't apply my knowledge to myself which mm. still makes me mad <laughs> i thought why didn't, all that time why didn't i studying. come up with the same idea i mean yeah. i should have known mm. i should have known mm. so when Kristen, who's a support worker from Spine Life, mm-hmm. when, when I started seeing her, mm-hmm. she then mentioned Harry. Mm. And and then she mentioned ex- – because Kristen knew that I used to be an exercise physiologist. said, oh, do you know, uh, I'm working with this guy called Harry from B Physiology. And I said, oh, an exercise physiologist. I didn't even put the dots together like mm. me – with an exercise physiologist, which I probably shouldn't say, but I didn't do it yeah. until then. And then mm. Harry came along. Mm. and So that was the first time you used an EP was with Harry yes, after yes, studying yes. it and everything? I, I had dozens of <laughs> physiotherapists, yep. dozens. Yeah. 
And and Harry just treated me like a human being. So that was the first first experience I had. Like he couldn't care less about my my diagnosis, about what I could and couldn't do. So and that was liberating. That was that was something totally new for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I mean meeting you all those months ago now. Uh, you have shown such a talent or a knack for, and it, it perfectly describes what you're talking about already, ability to do your own thing. So we 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 <laughs> practice something, and then you go and do it nonstop, and then you make some modifications. And I look and I go, good modifications, you I, know. <laughs> I make modifications all the time. I'm, I'm I'm not an easy client, and I I, I said this to Harry from day one. It's I'm a challenging client because I want to get something out of it and I want to – what I have learned again with the help of Harry is to visualise movements again, movements I haven't used for 24 years. And, and if, 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 I, if I have it in my brain and I can visualise the movements – then I can do it. Mm. My body, like I, I can use my apps. Technically, I shouldn't be able to use the apps, but mm. with my visual uh, thing, I just do the movement and yep. it works. Yeah. How hard is it? Is that easier said than done or does that play into the photographic memory as well in some it, way? It probably helps. Yeah. Look, my photographic memory helps me mm. even having – one, now two guide dogs yeah. because you need to remember where you have been before. My mm. photographic memory helps me every single day yeah. with the same with the exercises as well. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's amazing to see, you know, we actually put a little video of you up on uh, our socials last week or something just showing the, your ability to now lie back onto the bed and then just sit right back up. Yep. Which someone with your diagnosis, in quotations, uh, you know, shouldn't be able to do no. that. No, because my interest where they removed the, the tumours, mm. they were high T. So they, mm. they, it's not possible. Mm. You, you shouldn't have any, any, any... Um, Innovation yeah. or... Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, it's just amazing to see how, you know, if you... You just never really thought, as you said, you never really thought to look for improving that particular thing. I never did. And yeah. I knew I had weaknesses. Like I remember one of the earlier sessions, Harry asked me, just, just lean sideways. And I would have just flopped out of the chair because I just didn't have the stability to hold it or even get me back up. Mm. And now... The timing couldn't be better. Now I have a young puppy. Mm. Now I have two dogs who, who guide me. So I need those core muscles to actually hold me in a chair. Otherwise, yeah. I would just fly out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the end, um, leading into seeing Harry, would you say that uh, inactivity or just like a lack of use of those muscles, was that really the main culprit for why your function went that way? I I'm mean, not, obviously. I'm not, I'm not, it was definitely the inactivity of using the muscles, but I think Harry was the only person who actually went inside my brain and he unlocked something I did for all my life. I can do 
crazy things with my mind mm. and he unlocked the ability that if 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 I can visualize the movement how the movement should be then I can do it mm. yeah it was amazing figuring yeah. that out together yeah. then I can do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, just it's it's not through repetition that that I build that I will mm. build up muscles but mm. so many times I tell you I have to understand the whole process the yes. whole movement first yeah, yeah, yeah. and as soon as I understand it mm-hmm. I can put it into practice give you a few cues to relate yep. to give you a few images in your mind yes. to move along exactly. putting all those things together creates an actual yep. movement like a yep. A coordinated movement. Yep. It's amazing. E- exactly right. Yeah. And this is, and you know, just, and you might not be aware of it, but yeah. um, I don't even know who came up with the name B Physiology. Who, uh, who, I think it was kind what of. What does a, it stand for? It actually stands for uh, Brisbane, Brisbane Exercise, Exercise Physiology. Physiology. Oh. But that's apparently already, a th- oh, I think Exercise Physiology. Brisbane might already be. Okay, now I yeah, like I the B. And do you know how I visualize the B? How? It's okay. There are three things. And I had this from day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this okay. is not something I just I'm now created now. Yeah. <laughs> three things. The word be to me means you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah. It's identity. Mm. Mm. And then it um, it is um, quality mm. because you create the be. It's quality, identity, mm-hmm. quality, mm-hmm. and then it's position. Because mm. you place yourself where you want yeah. to be. That's so be that's physiology, that's Someone be that. physiology <laughs> creates mm. a new pathway. Yeah. It's funny, we were having that's this conversation really cool. yesterday where we were like, we want to lean more towards just be physiology and yep. not standing for anything else. Because we no. like be physiology. Yeah. Be physiology. Well. Yeah. Let yeah. the people be, be what they want to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's and really, I think that's you, ha- you have the tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Identity, quality. And position. And position. Because mm. the position is the last yeah. missing thing. The last link. Yeah, it puts you in a position where you want to be. Yes. I'm, I'm really cool. yeah. my brains now. You're throwing <laughs> me off. Yeah. Right. And, okay. you see, and you see, this is why when you ask me about my autobiography, mm-hmm. throw out the rule book mm-hmm. and live your life. Mm-hmm. This is really, it's like a diagnosis is a diagnosis. Yes. And, and mine was a deadly diagnosis. And mm. it was confirmed from many, many, the best professionals you can find. Mm. So if... If if you don't live by diagnosis and and you throw it out, mm-hmm. um, and particularly palliative care, they put you in a box with a manual, with a rule book, mm-hmm. and you have to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you will die with the time frame they give you. So, <laughs> right, and this yeah. is my philosophy: yeah. like throw out throw the out. rule book yeah. and live your life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, so. yeah. So we are. Unfortunately, running out of time. This has really has been amazing. I do have a question for you though before we yes. go. Um, no, I'm not going to marry you. <laughs> no, what? no, no. I was just about to That's jump okay. off the chair. Yeah, I have to say no. Okay, my heart is broken. I know my time. Krista? I don't know if you can see, but I'm down on my knee at the moment. Was he proposing? <laughs> yeah, he oh, was, yeah. Good. But he was on two knees. It was weird. It didn't feel right. I'm glad you said no. I was no. praying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so um, obviously when you first met me, you thought I looked a particular way. Can you quickly just tell the people what that was? Okay. I, 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 I still guy. see you the same way. You're tall, you have blonde hair, not short hair, no. but, but sort of like some waves, even curls. You look like a surfer. Correct. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. I love yes. yes. That's exactly what also But quite I tan. was disappointed. I was told that's not the <laughs> yeah. case. Yeah, almost getting closer to the He's opposite. Short. Yeah. Yeah. Right down to half <laughs> yes. Yeah. Scared of the water. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But that, that, this is my vision half of you. Yeah. So that being said. This is the first time you've actually talked yes. to AJ. Yeah, yeah. What is the picture that you have in your mind of AJ? AJ is, well, I already found out he's not blonde. So I, no. I was really hoping he would be blonde. <laughs> he probably has like dark blonde hair, not light blonde hair. Um, very tall, very muscular, very <laughs> strong built. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. If I can just... I just want to point out that you made no mention of Harry's muscles when you described <laughs> him. But for me, oh, obviously... No, 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 because blonde, blonde and muscles go together with me. But right. I already knew you're not blonde. So I had to, I had to throw that, in the muscles. Yeah. <laughs> now, Harry, to me, he's a surfer. He's mm. yep. tall, strong, blonde. Yes. Yeah, and I'm going to stay that way. <laughs> so the, what, what, what are you? Uh, what are you, AJ? Yeah. Well, I have uh, dark hair. Dark, dark hair. hair uh, tan dark, skin. dark, 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 dark. Yep, yep. Okay. Yep, yeah, yep. very dark. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, dark brown. Um, Greek heritage. Skin. Yeah, so Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, and on not on the taller side. Okay. <laughs> Probably on not the shorter short. side. Not short. Yeah. Leaning that way, if any way at all. Yeah. Muscly? Oh, uh, yeah. I like to think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. T- take the shirt and good off. Enough shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> I've been shirtless the whole time. Some people know, yeah. <laughs> that is perfect. Thank you so much, Krista. It's You're been amazing welcome. having you come uh, all the way out here and, and share your story with us. Uh, so thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. That was great. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Bee Stories, the unaware podcast by Bee Physiology. Don't forget to like and subscribe on all of our socials. Check out the podcast and our other episodes. And if you like it, leave a comment. Let us know how much you love it.